All right, and welcome back to the show. If you guys have been following along, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that with the new season of Succession starting, me and my sister might start doing some episodes um, recapping from the very beginning. This is that episode. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter format. Um, Munch, you want to introduce yourself? Hey guys, I am that sister. I am Abby Gibson, um, and I'm excited to be here to talk about Succession. Um, so before we get into Succession, Taylor Swift just re-released a 10-year-old song. Yes, she did. About a breakup with Jake Gyllenhaal. A scathing slam piece, if you will. I mean, okay, people are like, oh my god, Taylor, this is the best. The Swifties are maybe the most toxic crowd of people. They're tough. They've been tweeting at Jake Gyllenhaal for a three-month relationship that happened ten years ago that I hope you don't wake up in the morning. Yes, I would say uh, (laughs) Swifties can be, we will forgive, but we will never forget kind of type. I mean, it's unbelievable. Imagine, Imagine if a guy did the same thing to a girl and a bunch of guys were tweeting at, imagine if a bunch of dudes started tweeting at Adele for just some famous Joe who dated her hey, 10 years ago. We do not get to talk about that queen ever. <laughs> <laughs> but but like, I will that, agree. That, that guy would be a monster. He'd be a social pariah for he would, he not would. reigning in his toxic fan base. I will say, I agree. And I do think I have two roommates who are girls who are, they have told me that they're not Swifties, they're Taylor Swift fans, which they say is different. That's a different thing, apparently. Because they say the Swifties are kind of a a crowd of people that can be a little toxic. But their mindset is that they think Taylor's over it, so they're over it. They just think she's doing it because of the art of it all. Like talking about her exes. So when you're talking about the art, you mean, of course, the millions and millions of dollars that she makes? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The the art in the form of... Art, money. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. These beautiful masterpieces that are printed on green, cotton, and paper. The Taylor Swift brand. (laughs) What a gift. What a gift just, it must be for your name to be a brand. <laughs> I just was like doing some mild research on this earlier today. And I was like, as long as I've got a girl on the show, I need to talk about Taylor Swift's <laughs> Honestly, like, unbelievably toxic fan base. As long as there's a girl on a show, you're allowed to say, what if this was flipped and it was a man? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah, a little bit. Um, and as long as, I think it thematically goes with succession because it's just a group of toxic people. That now have a TV show <laughs> center on. That is true. Rich and toxic. You like that pivot? That I, segue? I do like that segue. <laughs> However, I don't think Taylor Swift is toxic in and of herself. No, I think she just doesn't stop her fan base when they begin to do Agreed. toxic things. But you know? But it's because... Imagine... Well, it plays into her brand because she never names names. And if she, she were to say, stop attacking Jake Gyllenhaal, then it would be an acknowledgement that that's who the song was about. Totally. And, and that so would just be embarrassing. She has to keep that air of this, you know, it's just general. Well, it's so funny because it's like she's almost like above reproach. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you had a bunch of minions who could harass your ex, but you got to say... I'm not even upset. I didn't even name your name. I know, it's unbelievable. But they could do the work for you. What a <laughs> gift, what a gift. What, what an unbelievable power. Yes. That's, 
Like and may we all wield it someday. <laughs> it's like, oh, what do you want your superpower to be? To be able to control a bunch of people, maybe some invisibility, <laughs> super speed. It's like, nah, I'll take whatever Taylor Swift has right. as a non-superpowered individual. Do like, bad things for me, but I get to just... Just to... reap the benefit. Yeah. And just make money off of it. Yes. Um, kind of like succession. Kind of like succession. <laughs> so this show, um, for anybody who has not watched it yet, this is going to be dipping heavy into spoiler territory. Um, I think what we ought to open with each episode and like just a couple general thoughts and keep it spoiler free yeah. for like a minute or two, and then we'll dive into the spoiler section. Right. You can get out of here early. Exactly. You. And at least get a feel for what we thought of the episode. Um, but this show has been coming out on HBO for the past three and a half-ish years. It was del- Season three was delayed due to COVID and it's not a full 10-episode season uh, because of that. And this show has cleaned up uh, every single year that it came out. And mm-hmm. for me, this has been the best drama Best singular season of a TV show and drama every year that it's dropped a new season. Mm. I would definitely argue that it's the best show on TV right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't think it did like critically anything insane in its first season. Um, like as awards. in like the art of it all or as in like the award season? Award season. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it got, like, the best opening or something. Mm. Um, Do you mean, like, the actual score? Yeah. So, like, it got... Oh, actually... Oh, no, no, no A lot of this is season two. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and... Um, for its first season, it really only looks like it got the British Academy Award for Best International Program, which for them was international. And then it looks like it got nominated... Isn't Logan British in real life? Or is he Scottish? His name's Brian. Brian. Uh, let me pull that up. But it looks like it got nominated and won 16 awards for its second season. Wow. So it cleaned up after its initial debut. Right. Um, right. And if you think about it, even as a viewer who doesn't know much about the art of it all, after season one we enjoyed it and wanted to come back but season two i was like okay i have to be back for season three mm-hmm. like there was something about it that was more gripping than season one yes and uh brian cox plays logan roy so the premise of the tv show is a large multimedia family who owns a parallel die to fox or cnn um is beginning his step down and then decides to stay on yes and that's kind of the premise of the show and what he is doing for most of the show is creating this atmosphere of who will who in the family will inherit the keys to the kingdom right and um just for point of reference here he has four children each of them are intelligent and um i would say in their own they each have skills that make them good candidates but then they each have almost like a fatal flaw which makes them not good enough for the the big job yes would you say it's wild i always forget that this is brian cox playing logan roy because he has i'm so used to seeing him 
Like, he played William Stryker in X-Men. Did he play, like, Hannibal Lecter? Did I make that up? No, you're probably thinking of, um... Oh, who played Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs? For some reason, I thought he played, like, a bunch of bad guys in his past. Um, you're thinking Anthony Hopkins. Oh, I am. Yeah, yeah. Can, they kind of make me think of each other. Um, no. Oh, and, he was in Manhunter, and he's the, he's the murderer. Yeah, oh, honestly, shit, yeah, yeah, no, he is Hannibal Lecter in Manhunter. Oh, that's, I, the, that's the same. I forgot that that was a Hannibal Lecter movie. There you go. Um, I was thinking of Silence of the Lambs. I was like, what other old white dudes have played Hannibal Lecter well, before? <laughs> and I feel even better about myself now that I know... Okay, there's a good reason you get Anthony Hopkins and Brian Cox confused. They're not just old and white. You know what's also interesting? He did the voice for a Netflix... In- hmm? Did you say that word? Oh, it's fine. I can clean up the audio later. We it's are... Like these things you can kind of skip over. Yeah. We, uh, so we're currently on vacation, and we have a house full of people and are recording in a loft area. So if you hear footsteps and people and coming and going... But it's interesting. He also does... Um, it looks like he has some uh, voice acting credits. He did a, an anime on Netflix called Blade Runner Black Lotus. Um, he did the voice for Death in Good Omens. Um, got some real interesting acting credits that I never really He's an interesting guy, right? Him. Like, I don't necessarily think he's super uber famous and the fact that he's been in all these Oscar winning movies but it seems like everything he is in is like pretty critically acclaimed well and everything he is in is better for him being in it um, he also just wrote a memoir oh he was huh he was in Kill Zone 3 video mm-hmm. game um yeah so he played Ward Abbott in uh I couldn't think of the character's name he was in the first three Bourne movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I, w- I would say he's incredibly famous. Like, he's been in just an insane amount of movies. Um, but he is always kind of a tertiary, tertiary character or tritagonist. Um, mm-hmm. He is. And, I mean, he continues to be... It is kind of the character he plays in this. An antagonist, right? I... Um, I actually heard an interview of him. There's a podcast that's called the Succession uh, podcast that's produced by HBO, and oh, they really? have they have Jeremy Strong, Brian Cox, all of them interviewed. And Brian Cox just sounds like a sweet old guy who was from like Scotland. However, he did just write a scathing memoir that like ripped apart Quentin Tarantino. So <laughs> he might be a little uh, intense in real life. Quentin Tarantino, Bigfoot guy. And I've actually heard from the cast that acting with him. Like, the whole, for listener note, if you haven't seen the show, he is just the scariest father. He is so intimidating. They're all terrified of him in their own ways. And they're all trying to please him. They're all equally obsessed with him as they are scared with of him. Yes. And apparently in real life, he is just as intimidating. And so, walking into the, you know, the fighting ring to act with him apparently it's not much acting he's already pretty intimidating yeah that doesn't surprise me I feel like he probably falls into that category of method actors kind of like um not William well also William Defoe. um oh 
Who am I thinking of who was in Let There Be Blood? I don't even know what that is. Um, or There Will Be Blood. Um, his name is Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, I know that name. Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis is an absolute killer. Um, but the kids in this show are played by Jeremy Strong, who much has already mentioned. Um, plays Kendall Roy, who mm-hmm. is the first character we're actually introduced to in the show. Uh, we have Sarah Snook as Shiv Roy, short for Siobhan. And then, uh, what is... Kieran Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin. Who is the younger brother of Macaulay Culkin? Yes. Yes. Who's our Home Alone star. Yes. Uh, also, Macaulay Culkin might be the most well-adjusted child actor on Earth. Um, you know they're trying to get him on the show? He's going to come in for the new Home Alone. No, I'm talking about they're trying to get him on Succession. Succession? Oh, he's coming in to do... So they're rebooting Home Alone, and Macaulay mm-hmm. Culkin is going to be in the new Home like Alone. Like the dad as, or something? Cameo. I don't know what the... They haven't announced what his role is going to be. That's awesome. I'm guessing Disney+. Plus. I think that's probably likely. <laughs> um, and then we have Alan Ruck, who We are is, not sponsored by Disney+. Plus. <laughs> we're, we are not Disney shills, but we are happy to accept their money and become, <laughs> become one. But if they want to sponsor us, that's okay. Uh, Alan Ruck plays Connor Roy, who is the fourth sibling from a different marriage. Yes. Also, he was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. He is the scared friend. Shit, you are right. Uh, he he is, was the scared friend as a kid, and now he looks like the principal from... That's so accurate. Uh, Breakfast Club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just anybody's principal ever. Um, but So this opening episode, I'm going to go ahead and rank this as like all-time television. It's like a 94 out of 100. It's pretty high up there. I it's, mean, it's almost a movie in of itself. Yes. So the opening episode... Does a lot of things right. We get I, a lot of times. I tell people with HBO shows. I'm curious if you resonate with this. You got to give it like three episodes. Absolutely. Because you meet so almost many, every single one. You meet so many characters. You meet, or there's so much world building that occurs. Totally. And this show didn't need three episodes. It After didn't. the first one, I was hungry for the next episode. They almost built their world out in arrears. Like, it's like they they introduce you to the drama, and then, like, Let they, the they spend of... the rest of the season, this is what's well, happening in this whole world. But it's a simple world. You know, it's not Game of Thrones where you're meeting the Tyrells and right. all these crazy families and thousands of miles. It's... Yes. Most people can put themselves in the perspective of, oh, this is a poi poi rich family with a board right. of trustees. It's familiar to it, the general public. Exactly. Most people... Most people who are can afford an HBO Max subscription are the kind of people who understand how a large corporation functions. And so you're easily able to step into those shoes and go, okay, I kind of have the, a little bit of the gist of what's going on. Right, all right. Um, and I kind of think we're already out of... We're out of things that we can say that are non-spoilery to the episode. Yes, so... Um... Go ahead and turn this off or plug your ears for the next the next bit here. Mm-hmm. So, we open with Kendall Roy, uh, who's played by Jeremy Strong, going into the office 
basically hyping himself up, planning on that day being the announcement that he's taken over the company. He has some beats on his head. He does. He's got the old school He's listening to like Biggie Smalls or something. <laughs> I think one of the better artistic things they do, because nobody ever does this, is you hear the diegetic song where you're listening to it, but then they switch to the perspective from the cab driver. Yes. Where you're no, you're only hearing Kendall Roy singing in the back of the car. Yes. And it sounds like shit. <laughs> they love awkward, awkward like tension. Is yes. This, is the definition of this show. And like, you get this real, you're the man, Mr. Roy, when he drops him off and you're like, this guy hates his yes. job. Yes. Yeah. Fun fact, everybody in the show hates the Roys. Mm-hmm. The Roys hate themselves. Or the Roys might be the only people that hate themselves more than everybody else hates them. Agreed. Um, and <laughs> he's working on this contract with a new um, startup company, mm-hmm. which about the only thing that I think is silly about this show is the pursuit of this tertiary company because it's such a bad business decision just to make the point that they... Just for Kendall Roy to say that he is... Making that initial acquisition as part of his like launch, but he wants to be able to announce that he's making moves. Yes. So bad that he's willing to take a horrible deal to do it. Absolutely, <laughs> and I also think Kendall's entire point is, "Hey, I'm the future. I'm the one who sees these techie startups, and I'm the one who's going to invest in the new technology." Waystar is Waystar Royco. Waystar Ro- Royco. <laughs> Waystar. Say that five That's times a hard times. one to say. Waystar Roy Co. I bet the actors had issues with this. Mm-hmm. This it's a hard one. However, yeah, just my point being that I think his entire business if, plan if is I'm going to update it. I'm going to If one. you Google it, the way that it's presented, it doesn't say it's a part of the succession week until way far down on the page. Looks like a real company. Just very early really? on. Really? Yeah. Very early in the way that this shows up on Google. Oh, that's funny. It looks like a real company until you get to the bottom of the page. That is so funny. Um, it is a real company in my mind. <laughs> but yeah, and it's, I mean, as we're describing this, everybody listening is probably going, I think I've heard this one before. And it does mirror and semi-predicts so many aspects of, like, what occurred immediately surrounding it. Mm. It almost reminded me of uh, Fincher's newsroom, where it's like, yes. sure, we can tell the news better because we're telling it two years after it happened. Right, um, right. But this kind of happened in tandem with a lot of the things that were going on. It was just kind of a, we- a weird parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a, somebody dropped a, like, the intro is really wonderful. You should 100% go and watch it. It's, mm-hmm. The score is beautiful and just the overall, like, imagery of kind of, like, the, the this guy who used to be the power guy back in the golden age and kind of the way companies were run then who's aging out of it, right? Yes, and, but it's still an absolute threat. Right. And still wants to run the world the way things used to be run. How, mm-hmm. I think something that was funny is somebody put the Trumps in that same theme song and did like a side-by-side oh, yeah. of like Trump Tower and stuff. And I was that like, is a that's large, not inaccurate. That's a large parallel of what the show was kind of talking about. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting that... Where was I going? Oh, 
we open with Logan Roy has just moved into a new penthouse and uh, goes and takes a, a piss in a closet. Yes, it's tough. <laughs> and he's like, where the hell am I? <laughs> right. The beginning is, look how questionable this man's health is. Yeah, yeah. How, how, he is in, you get this distinct, he's in mental decline. Um, and then at his birthday, also, great moment is Kendall Roy, Kendall Roy in season one, not reading the fine print. Yes. Is hilarious because it happens to him like eight times. Right. So quite literally not reading the fine print. It starts out with Logan Roy, the father, giving contracts to each of his kids kind of separately to sign that are passing over some of their inheritance to his new wife. Right? Mm-hmm. And the beginning is him giving these papers to Kendall. Kendall thinking this has something to do with him becoming CEO. Not, Doesn't read them. Not caring because he's so blind by the fact that, of course, I'm going to become CEO. And then later at what's his, his dad's 80th birthday party, mm-hmm. he brings all the kids into the room and says, basically, I'm not stepping down. Please sign this paper. Kendall's already <laughs> on board. And Kendall's like, wait, what? Right, exactly. Yeah, he says, Kendall already knows about this. We already talked. And here, rest of the kids, please sign this. Also, I'm giving away two of my board seats to my new wife mm-hmm. if I pass away. Um, yeah. And, I mean, what a, what a way to start a show. Uh, and then they go and play in a baseball game. And Tom, who is marrying Shiv... Uh, and works for Waystar. And works for Waystar. Hilariously is trying to give Roy a watch oh, the yes, entire the episode. Part. And then finally gives it to him. And Roy just like hands it to a kid. <laughs> and it's like a, tw- like a $30,000 watch. And the best is when he goes... What does he say? Like, if you look at it... Or this watch is great at time because it can t- always tell you how rich you are or something like that. Yeah, he, he delivers this it. line that he's trying, and then Logan looks at him and goes, "Did you rehearse that?" Yes, <laughs> it's ruthless. And he goes, "No, no. Well, yes, and yes." Like, <laughs> Roman, who's one of the other brothers, who up until the baseball game in the episode, you're like, "Oh man, he's like the one who's not been affected by the money or whatever." And then bets a kid a million dollars that he can hit a home run. And then just is like, oh man, you can, it tears up the check and hands it to him and goes, you can mount it on a wall for the time, <laughs> to remember the time you almost changed your family's life. <laughs> Such an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> so bad. Just ruthless behavior. It is. But you know what's so funny is that I don't think his dad... His dad, yes, at the end, goes and gives the boy a watch and, like, shakes his hand and kind of is like, look at you, you did a good job. And you're kind of like, oh, Logan's a little mature. But at the same time, it's not like he stopped his son or even looked like he disapproved on it that much. And he did not care. That, that was for optics. It was pure optics. Yeah. Right. Because Logan Roy is an absolute mach- business machine in this show. There is nothing that he does or doesn't do that is not immediately based on what he thinks is better for Waystar Royka. Because his legacy is all he cares. He doesn't give a shit about his kids. Exactly. It's 100% about his corporate legacy. I I think that that's part of the question of the whole show, right? Does Logan love his kids? Oh, I think the answer is an unequivocal no. I don't think that's true. Uh, No, no, sorry. I don't think he doesn't love his kids. I just think that he likes his company more. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. I think he... I think he is like a self-made man who thinks his kids are spoiled rotten mm-hmm. and thinks that he's created this wonderful thing and... And thinks that he doesn't... That none of them have earned his keys to the kingdom. Right. And he's disappointed. He's highly disappointed with each of them in a mm-hmm. different way. Exactly. Shiv less than the others. Shiv is definitely his favorite child. Yes, but I think he disapproves really heavily of Shiv's political work. Yes. Um, I think he thinks Roman is a complete wasted talent. I think he thinks Kendall is just a pawn to be used because yes. he thinks he's incompetent, but he's the also the one who will do anything he tells him. The weird thing about Kendall is I feel like Kendall is business-minded, but he's just such a loser sometimes. He's just such a flawed individual yeah. in of himself. Yeah, and then Connor, I don't think he has any... He has no idea what the hell happened with Connor. Have you ever... This is way later in the seasons. Yeah, it's the sourdough starter at the birthday party. He goes, oh, you ruined it. And he's like, oh, what did I ruin? <laughs> That's just... I'd say, uh, never forget Connor Roy was interested in politics at a young age. <laughs> That's not in this episode yeah, or know, season, no, no, no. but... You'll you'll find out later on. It's good stuff. We here for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, y'all. Oh, and uh, I feel like we got to touch on two sidebars of Greg and Frank. Oh yes, <laughs> Frank is hilarious, and Greg. Greg. Greg is like. He's the dumb character that everything gets explained to him from an exposition standpoint, so that we can all follow along. Agreed. And him and Tom's interactions throughout the show are amazing they're so amazing you can't tell if tom hates him likes him like wants to help him wants to ruin wants him, to ruin him. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe has a crush on him it's a little confusing i think i think tom likes greg but he doesn't want to give greg enough credit that he no longer gets credit agreed and i also think tom is threatened by the fact that he tom is the only one in all of this who's not, not an actual roy yes and Greg, well, Greg's uh, sorry, we didn't mention Greg, but Greg is a cousin. He, yeah, who got, Logan has a brother, and he is his brother's grandson. Who got stoned, and a kid hit him in the stomach, and he threw up in a mascot costume, and then somehow became, like, somehow that led to him walking into the elevator at the same time as Logan Roy, and almost becoming one of the most powerful people on in media on accident. Right. Well, his mother said... You need to go to your your Uncle. great uncle's birthday party mm-hmm. and go beg for your job back. Um, however, Logan we, turns to him and says, we, get my brother to, to beg, yeah, basically. No, get, all my brother has to do is ask. Yes. And Which they have a very strange relationship. Yes. You will see. And, um, yeah... I forgot how early we got an indication of how flawed his relationship with his brother was. Right. Which checks out if he's so terrible. Oh, it makes all the sense in the world. Right. But Greg, back to the Greg of it all. (laughs) He is the comic relief of the show. He is, when things are intense and you're like, wow, I need to go, like watch 30 <laughs> seasons of The Office after this. Greg, Greg comes Greg in there. Greg gets you through it. Yes, Greg does get you through it, quite literally. Oh, man. Long live Cousin Greg. Oh, uh, yeah, Greg is elite. Um, 
And then we've got Frank, who has been Logan Roy's confidant in all of this. 30 Fra years. Frank is the equivalent of... Oh, fill some airtime while I try and... I think he's supposed to be some legal counsel. He said something like, I came into Logan's office 30 years... He gives a toast at his birthday and says, I came into his office 30 years ago and I never left. Right. He is... So, Frank is very much the Frank... Uh, Dipascali to Bernie Madoff. Mm -hmm. The guy, the guy in the back room, the only other guy besides Bernie Madoff who yeah. knew what everything actually was going on. Frank, Frank, Frank knows all the dirt. Yeah, Frank knows where the bodies are buried. One hundred percent. He knows where the bodies are buried. He's been there the whole time. He is Logan's right hand man. He is the chief operating officer. You know who's not in the first episode? I don't think. Who is Jerry? She's not. I don't think she is. She isn't. And G Jerry and Frank, Jerry and Frank's like interactions with the family throughout the show are amazing. I just realized that Jerry was not in the first episode. I saw something recently that was like, I hope we never do an episode where we follow one of them home. Because <laughs> the best part about this show is that Jerry and Frank, who are Logan's kind of advisors and his, his you know, they're the execs, they're the C-suites of Waystar, you never really learn about their lives. No. And that's they, kind of the have, point. The, yeah, the, it's very intentional, I feel like, that they do not exist without the Roys present. Exactly. Like, their entire... They've given up their lives mm -hmm. to be the Roys, you know, their people. people. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. The, I've got more or less nothing... Oh, the it, episode ends. The biggest cliffhanger of the episode uh, uh -huh. is that Logan Roy... While he's in the chopper and he's kind of made all these decisions and everybody's asking him questions about it and he's under a ton of pressure, uh, has a stroke. Yes. And then, um, let's see if I can't find the character's name. Lawrence Yee, who is the guy that they're buying the company from. Um, oh my God, this is finally, intense. Finally accepts the offer and thanks Kendall. For Kendall. Yeah, from Kendall. And this is happening at the same time. And Lawrence Yee says... Now, uh, you know, I'm so sorry about the news. And Kendall's like, what? And he's like, your father has had a stroke is in, and is in the uh, hospital. But I look forward to, you've let a wolf into the hen house, and now daddy's away. And I'm going to eat you all alive one by one. And that's how the episode ends. It's so intense. <laughs> and you also, like, I think this is a personal thing. I always just feel a little sad for Kendall. Kendall, like, <laughs> Kendall cannot. Not fuck up. He can't. It's like every single time, it's like, oh, Kendall's about to have a win. He finally got him to agree. And then the guy's like, I'm going to ruin your life. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm going to take everything you have and then leave you destitute. Yes. Also, side note about Kendall, about the whole him ruining his life. He also is in recovery. Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Because we do meet at the party. His family. His ex-wife. Yes. And their son. Or sons. Son and daughter. Son and daughter. Um... And she's brutal. She is brutal. <laughs> she, at one point, he's like, hey, kids, go play on your iPads in the living room. She goes, are they going to find white powder on it? I'm like, Jesus, woman. <laughs> right, right. Or no, I think he says, are you seeing someone? And she's like, hopefully this one won't leave That's Coke what it on is. the iPad. Hopefully it's Coke on the kids' iPads. Right. <laughs> and you're like, whew, okay. And she's like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're like, no, but you got a heart And you're like, nope, you definitely weren't kidding. <laughs> It's like when people say, 
I'm not trying to be mean, but you're hideous. Like, mm-hmm. oh, bless her heart. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, you're the, the worst ex-husband ever. Just kidding. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we're going to try and knock out a couple of these, and we will be releasing them bi-weekly. Is there anything else you wanted to add on this episode? No, but I do think we should have an LVP and an MVP of each episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to rank? Mm, Greg, MVP. Always. It's hard. Well, let me, like, specifically think of this episode. I think Lawrence Yee in this episode, with the ruthless delivery of the last line of the show. Yeah. Um, he won this episode. He w- he absolutely won this episode. Yes. And he's a character who has maybe two minutes of screen time in the whole I agree. Episode. Okay, he won the episode. Kendall lost the episode. Um, no. The boy, the lost. boy who didn't run the home run <laughs> lost the episode. <laughs> I'm going to give co-ownership to Kendall losing the CEO-ship of the company, getting screwed over by Lawrence Yee, and the kid who missed the chance on getting a million, a million dollars. dollars and changing his family's <laughs> life. Those are the two biggest losers this episode. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, yeah, Lo- Lawrence Yee, big winner. Um, and Baseball all, kid, loser. <laughs> all the other siblings, big winners. Right. Anybody but Kendall and the baseball kid. <laughs> Anybody but Kendall and the oh, baseball kid. Oh, and Frank. Kid. Frank got fired. Frank's a big loser <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, Frank got fired after 30 years of service out of the blue. <laughs> Without even a blink of an eye. Yep. Just walk into the helicopter, so you're going to have to find your own ride home. <laughs> he said, "He said you might want to check the press release on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we will... Uh, did you rate the episode? I know I gave it a 94 out of 100 at the, at the top. Mm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 92. 92? In the 90s. Okay. And what we, we've got in the background is an Excel sheet. And so we've got it for movies. But I'm going to start doing one for TV shows mm-hmm. and seasons. And then we can rank at the end of it what were the best episodes and the worst episodes of the show. Great idea. I got a feeling we don't have a single episode that's below an 82 in this whole show. I totally agree with that sentiment. Um, but until next time. Oh, wait. Actually, we have got some things that I need to say. And I've got to get them pulled up right quick. Um, so let's see if I can, why could I get to my dashboard earlier, but not right now, because I am <laughs> on the air. Um, hmm? oh, I never edit this sort of stuff out. Really? We just run with it. All right. Uh, you can call into the hotline at 707-682-9310, and on the regular episodes, we will answer your questions. Uh, We are on Twitter at HPR Show. And like, subscribe, rate, and review. And we are brought to you by Chaley Freelancing Ghostwriting at C-A-E-L-I-F-A-I-S-S-T dot com. Look forward to seeing you guys next time. Bye, everyone.